to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business, and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Oh, hello, 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 everybody. How are we doing on this Wednesday? I'm actually going to start broadcasting also on Facebook. You know, we're not only live on Voice America, which I love, but we are all over the globe and we live forever on all of your favorite mediums. So my favorite game is Where in the World is Forbes Riley? Oh my gosh, if you're listening live, it is now the end of January, or kind of three quarters through January 2024. And there's already miracles in the air. I cannot wait. I leave in two weeks to travel the entire month of February, all on speaking gigs. And, uh, and this particular show is sponsored by Forbes Riley's Speaker Certification, which is launching on January 29th. It's a 12-week-long program. And while a lot of people can teach speaking, I don't think any of them started out life as a Broadway actress, television, and film star. Just saying. You know, they have all of these other reasons for teaching about their speaking stuff, but yeah, they ain't me. Uh, and so I'm excited about this. It's my own twist on how to understand not only your story, but your intonations, your stage presence, um, your marketing, your one sheet, uh, how do you get paid gigs, how to not paid. And of course, the thing that I am most famous for is selling from stage. Most people shy. Most people think just public speaking is terrifying. And then if you say, hey, you've got to sell from there, they totally freak out. And that's where I'm happiest. So I have some tips and tricks that will make you way more money than you would ever invest. If you want to know more, reach out to me or just find me at ForbesRiley.com. And that's very, very exciting. And actually what's happening right now for me personally is I think this season for me is called the harvest. I know for many people, January is cold and it's frozen, but the world is thawing out a little bit. When you plant seeds, they all take a little time to grow. In fact, it really sucks if you're a bamboo grower because it takes five years for your tree to grow. Uh, but I've been planting seeds for a while now as a speaker, as a, uh, as a coach, as a teacher. I'm very excited about all of those things. And all of a sudden, watch out 2024. I have a feature film coming out in April that I'm excited to share with you. And then I have not one, not two, but three television series that are all launching. One I just saw the promo for on Fox Nation, hosted by Dennis Miller. I co-star in a project about infomercials. It's myself, Tony Robbins, Suzanne Summers, Tony Little, and some of your favorite favorite products from way back when, talking about how we launched this industry. I'm in all the episodes. I'm very excited about that. So that's going to be live. I believe now you can just go to Fox Nation and look up a series called Infomercial Shows that we, I don't know what the title is called. The second one that I'm in the middle of shooting is called The 60 Day Hustle. Yeah, that's the story of my life. And we took a group of young entrepreneurs and have put them through hell. You thought Celebrity Apprentice was bad? You ain't seen nothing yet. Last week's challenge, they had to get a million impressions on one of their products. Uh, freaks me out. It's just amazing. We are now down to four contestants. I am a, a judge on that show, and that's exciting. And then a judge also, and that's how I met my next guest with David Meltzer, uh, on a show called Two Minute Drill and his other show on Bloomberg called Office Hours. Boy, I'm busy. Yeah. Well, you know what? I wasn't always busy. And I think that's what I teach and preach to other people is you don't wake up famous. 
maybe you do if you're born into it. But I got to tell you, I've interviewed a lot of people who were born famous, and that's not that's not really fun either. It turns out that what you really want to be doing is to earn your way to whatever it is that you're doing. And I think our first guest uh, embodies that. He's got quite a story. And I would love to bring him to the stage. He's from my favorite part of the East Coast of the U.S., Mr. Vin Infante. Hola. How you doing? Hello, Forbes. <laughs> so, oh, well, what did that what did that opening do for you? What did you keep? Oh, man. I, I was just smiling through it all. It's like you're doing so many cool things. And it's always so great for me. I, I've spent a lot of time in the last year intentionally building relationships with people that are inspiring. So it really feels good to hear all of these things because I consider you as a friend now. And so I always love seeing my friends win. It's truly, there's so much abundance in this world. There's enough for all of us. And so it excites me to hear when people I know and people I connect with are doing awesome things. So I'm just here smiling and rooting for you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny because I'm going off to um, to Utah to speak and I'm the only female next to Ed Milet and Prince EA and Jimmy Rex. And I got to tell you, it's it's a fascinating space to inhabit because partly I almost go, really? You wanted it and now you have it. In fact, that's an interesting question for you. You know, we always say in a, in, in a certain level of entrepreneurism or any success in life, what do you want? Mm. People always say to me, so Forbes, like, what do you want? You know what I want, Vin? I want to just wake up every day and freaking enjoy this life because it's extraordinary. And I'm like, I got a lot of those things. And yeah. so what do you want? I've asked myself that so many times. And I think what's interesting is it consistently changes with the seasons of life. Yes. At first, it was like, I want to travel the world and have tons of fun and tons of money. And then I had a kid and I'm like, I want to show her everything is possible. And then I started really connecting more to spirituality and myself and my heart. And I'm like, now I want to impact a billion lives through speaking. And so for me in my season, I think all of it comes down to now where I am is I want to create a higher level of impact. I want to show up and I want to breathe life into others through speaking and opportunities like this of being on platforms and stages and being able to share what I've done. Wow. I love that. Will you tell everybody a little bit about you? I will step out where you inform the world about who in fact you are. Well, my favorite thing to tell people is that I'm just a guy with an opinion. <laughs> it was one of the more interesting ways that people have described me back when I was a firefighter. I was sitting, we were in the academy and it's a lot like going to the military because it's run as a military organization, a paramilitary organization. And so the guy on the line next to me is like, Infanti, what'd you do before this? And I said, well, I was a therapist. And he goes, I never really understood therapy. So I said, well, why is that? And he goes, uh, no offense. You're just a guy with an opinion, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, I am. And I love that. <laughs> so, That's so funny. I, right? I don't know if I quite I agree it. with that, though. You know, there's a whole lot more. Wait, there's a whole lot more to it than that. There is. There you know, is. You know, my brother-in-law is or was a fireman. What mm. inspired you to do that? It was a childhood dream of mine. I think as as boys, we all want to be a hero in some way, shape, or form. It's it's going to be a rare thing for you to go up to a young boy and say, "What do you want to do?" and get something outside of cop, firefighter, soldier. <laughs> we just, astronaut. Wait, astronaut. That's the other one. Astronaut. Yes. Sorry, explore the unknown as well. The pioneers of the future. And so for me, it was, I always wanted to be a firefighter. I thought they were so cool, but I also always wanted to be a therapist because my dad was a therapist. So I, since the time I was little and could barely speak, when people would say, what do you want to do? 
I would always say, I want to be a firefighter and a therapist. And people would mix the two. They'd be like, you want to be a therapist for firefighters? I'm like, no, 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 no. I am going to do both one day. And people were fascinated. <laughs> How long did you, did you, are you still active firefighter or no? I'm not. No, I, I, so I did it for about a year. It was around the time of COVID. It was around the time of the protests. And so it was a really interesting thing. We had what, what they call the wartime graduation. So we graduated a few months early, which is something they hadn't done since 9-11. Because oh, wow. the city had so much need for new firefighters because people were getting sick. They were putting everyone out. Houses were short of guys. And they just needed people. They were like, all right, you guys. And it was funny because while we were in the academy, they were like, you guys are still going to be here, plan to come in on Monday because it was a Friday. They're like, and you still have two, three months. Don't get comfortable. You're here. We come in on Monday. They're like, you leave tomorrow. Good luck. The city needs you. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Wow. All right. That's trial by fire. Wow. Oh, yeah. What's one of the biggest lessons that you learned as a firefighter? Man, we are so much more capable than we than we understand. The Biggest thing in the fire academy, I mean, and there were so many lessons. I tell everybody, I think the resiliency I have in my entrepreneurship journey has literally been from my journey as a firefighter because it prepared you so much. And they had ways of motivating you and they had ways of breaking you down to build you up. And one of the common themes that showed up multiple times throughout this journey as being a firefighter is that you will always find something within you to push through if you have a greater reason for it. So they would motivate us. They'd be like, all right, you guys are about to push this room because there's a fire. And, and like the guys are getting tired and they go, your mom's in there, your sister's in there, your wife's in there, whoever the hell you care about is in that room, go. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, and you just push the room because now all of a sudden you found a reason bigger than you. No, I totally love that. I was just with my son in New York City, uh, my brother-in-law worked at the firehouse in the Bowery, a quarter mile north of the World Trade Center. Mm. And I went to high school with all those guys. We used to, they all used to do 24-hour overnights, and we'd hang out in the firehouse and cook and eat. And I knew those guys forever. And when the second building came down, they were all in the building. Mm. There's a picture of their truck completely decimated. And going, taking my son to the memorial, there is, and I didn't realize this. If you've never been, please, as an American, go see it and play, pay homage because Yay. there's a giant... Uh, the way that they did it, a remembrance with everyone's name carved in it. I think yeah. when I looked at, you know, it says so-and-so's female name and her unborn child, that one got me a lot. And then there is around the corner is all the first responders. And I showed my son names of people that I know. And I thought that was pretty, it was kind of devastating actually to watch that. Um, when you think of being a hero, how do you define hero? I think it's just somebody that would be willing to sacrifice themselves due to a sense of duty for somebody else that they don't even know. And you, we've seen that time and time again throughout life when it comes to first responders or soldiers. My, my firehouse that I was stationed at was actually right across the street from the Manhattan Bridge. So oh, wow. they were they were also first due responders to World Trade. They lost every guy in the tour. And so we had this wow. memorial within the firehouse and as a probie like you're tasked with cleaning everything and every now and then i would clean up the wood on the memorial and just you know make sure the glass looked nice and things like that and it was a very interesting thing because i'm standing in the spot where there are guys that are considered heroes used to stand 
And then the thought comes in is that it should there be another thing, this is what I would be doing. Like I would, I would have to. And my girlfriend even asked me because, you know, we were talking about having a family and and what would we do or what what would you do? She's like, What would you go if there was a 9-11 situation? I'm like, Of course. What do you mean would I go? She's like, Well, what if you have the kid? And what if what if you know you're not gonna think about us? I'm like, there is a sense of duty that comes with this position. It's not to say I wouldn't think about you. Of course, I would think about I need to get the hell home to you guys. Right. But I also can't abandon the guys. Like if something like that happened, you have to step up. It is your duty. That that is your responsibility when you become a first responder or somebody that would have to do something heroic. Where did you get that sense of duty from? Uh, you know, it's interesting. When I was younger, I got bullied a lot. I've always been an outcast of society. I had no friends. I couldn't get a girlfriend. I was struggling heavily with depression, anxiety, and panic disorder, and suicidal ideation, and self-harm. And and my life was really difficult in many different ways. And I got really addicted to video games at one point. And when I played these video games, I used to play role-playing games. And in role-playing games, it's kind of beautiful in the sense that nobody knows who you are. So you could be this fat loser at home, which I was, (laughs) or... In the game, you could be this jacked out hero. And I always played a paladin. And for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what a paladin is, a paladin is a holy warrior. So think a priest and a warrior combined into one person. And they are tasked with defending the weak, being vigilant, being protectors, dispensers of justice, the heroes of the world, guiding the light. And so... I always was drawn to that character because that was kind of somebody that I needed. And so a lot of the pain and things that I went through in my life started shaping me as a person who wants to alleviate suffering and pain for others. And that started to shape who I had become or parts of my identity. And I think the sense of duty ties into that. Whenever you have this power to shape and help and support others or do something that can change other people's lives. I think if you have that privilege to be in that position, you have a responsibility to fulfill that. And being a firefighter was also a recognition of that duty and that sense of fulfillment. I'm hearing a real player one come to life. I love this. And I do think that you just inspire a whole lot of people. We've got Jennifer Mitchell sitting in the wings there. She is the host of the Soul Traveler podcast. And as I'm thinking about you and your mission, that there is a lot of synergy here. So we're going to bring her on after our very first break, which is coming up in just a few minutes. Tell me about the lives of the people that you affect um, as a therapist. How's that going? So it's been it's been interesting right now. What I do is I've combined and created this hybrid of therapy and coaching in one service. And I get this privilege of working with these high performing individuals, entrepreneurs, executives and One of the greatest things that I truly love is that I'll get people who have been struggling in therapy for 10 or 15 years with very little to no change. And in a few short months, we're starting to see that they're getting life-changing results. And it's not because I am this guru, and that's not how I believe it. I just believe that these people are missing a skill set or a tool set or a knowledge set or something. And my job or my privilege is to help them find that missing piece so that they could start creating the transformation they're looking for. And so... It's been nothing short of spectacular for me. Well, there's nothing like being on this journey. I'm going to bring Jennifer up right before the break because I'm just, as you, the more you're talking, I'm like, I think that her voice needs to be heard here. So Jennifer, come on up to the stage and tell me what has been your impression listening to Vin and myself so far. 
First off, Warbus, thank you so much for having me on the show today. And hi, Vin. I had the pleasure of meeting Vin. Um, he was a guest on my show. So oh, I did not know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you kidding me? What a great synergy. You guys are in the right place. Because by the way, just not only are we live everywhere around the world, but we're also streaming to my favorite friends right here on Facebook, and they are blowing it up. So that's very cool. So Jennifer, what's one of your big takeaways? We've got about two minutes before our very first break. Me and Ben are on a pretty similar mission. I am on a mission to inspire people, to help people transition and change their mindset and to step into their life purpose and to heal from, from deep-rooted trauma that they don't even know is impacting them on a subconscious level. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit about why you do that. I'm very big about the why and how it's been talked about, you know, you look at this very handsome man sitting there quite debonair going, really? Bullied, overweight, not, not on girlfriends? I think there's something about if you peaked in high school, you peak too soon. <laughs> <laughs> College was my peak. <laughs> so, well, I'm still working on it and I just turned 60. So I'm like very happy to be peaking now because it's so much more fun. Uh, and in fact, that's a very funny story as we're all getting a little older. My dear mentor and amazing friend, Elaine LaLanne is 97. She was married to Jack LaLanne for 50 years. And she said to me, because I was getting a little sad about the aging thing. We all have, trust me, you'll all notice it as it happens. Uh, it's just a number is not true. It's, it's just a number that comes with gray hair and creaky knees and who knows. And so... Um, I was lamenting something and she said, look at this book. It was a big eight and a half by 11. And she was in a leotard. And I, she said, how old do I look there? I'm like, I don't know, 40. She said, I was 62. 60s are your best years. Don't screw it up. All right. On that note, guys, we're going off to our very first break. We'll be right back after this with the Forbes Factor. Don't go away. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Forbes Factor. It is absolutely one of my favorite hours of the week. I've been here for more than a decade, and I love it. And I love the guys at Voice America in Arizona. Say hello, my team. And I'm here with two very special guests who ironically know each other, which I didn't know that. That's But that doesn't surprise me. I have to share a little story with you. I My gynecologist, oh, that's what she's talking about, right? 35 years ago, and, and Jennifer, you might appreciate this, Vin, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. Somebody said they love their gynecologist. I said, really? They gave me his name. I go to him. He hand delivers my twins at seven pounds each. I love it. The guy is just my, my, my favorite guy on the planet because of that. And then he comes to their first birthday party. Like we got close as friends. That was 20 years ago, right? Somehow he is in my television studio not in California where we were, but in Florida because of my ex-husband's girlfriend who's a midwife. <laughs> and he's in my studio. I'm going to go see him in a little bit. And I'm like, somehow, sometimes, I think if you lead a life well-led or you just look for signs. So the signs, the fact that the two of you know each other, have a very synergistic relationship. Jennifer Mitchell is the quantum hypnotist, or is, and we're going to find out why she got into that. And Vin is the massive firefighter turned therapist, which... He's one hot guy on so many levels. <laughs> All right, so we'd, let, me, let me just take a quick second to introduce Jennifer. Jennifer, you were backstage during the first part of this show. What's been a big takeaway so far of what Vin and I were talking about? You know, just inspiring people. I think that 2024 is the year of transformation and mindset, you know, shifting mindset for so many people. And I'm just hearing that, especially like listening to Vin's story, I'm inspired and I am just more, so excited to dive into the show and to evolve and help work with my clients this year. And, you know, I've just enjoyed listening to your guys' chat and discussion. And, you know, my uh, word this year is action. I'm ready to take massive action and, and work with people and inspire millions globally through my podcast and through coaching. Love that. My word this year is delegation because last year's was implementation and you cannot do it alone. So I'm <laughs> delegating everywhere. Vin, what's your word of the year? Oh, he hasn't thought of this yet. All right, you know what? Heck, no, on. I I have not. You got me off here. My word of the year is alignment. And I want to use that because I'm starting to see already, it's been like two weeks, and I have already been clearing things out. And the minute that I let go of something I didn't want to, mm. 10 things flew in the door. Alignment is the word for this year. I love that. And for everyone listening, I just think it's a valuable exercise. I've done it my entire life. I don't quite, there's always been a word that you hook back to. And I'll tell you, you should say it every day. You should find yourself mentioning it and reminding yourself because not, no pun intended, but alignment is a beautiful one that I don't think I've ever heard anyone say before, but that is in fact what happens to you when you get your ducks in a row and you start to let go of things, you start to be more intentional, you start to visualize what you want and it all kind of lines up. As I was talking about in the beginning about planting seeds and all of a sudden they grow and you're like, wow, they're everywhere. And the funny thing is, is when you talk to somebody who is not of this mindset, shall we say, they say, wow, you're lucky. And mm -hmm. I'll go, yeah, you're right. Cause I can't, it's too much teaching to explain to them. That's got luck is luck is the outcome of a lot of hard work meets opportunity. So mm -hmm. I also am a hypnotherapist or hypnotist, not a hypnotist. Well, you know, I studied it for forever. Um, and I, I tell the story about how I got into it in the first place. What the heck is a quantum? Mm -hmm. 
It's like me, but just better. <laughs> you know, that's a great question, Forbes. And quantum hypnotherapy was actually created in the late 1960s by a woman named Dolores Cannon. And she had discovered that there is a part inside of each and every one of us that resides beyond time. And it's a little hard for the human mind to understand that, but it is true. And I find this time and time again with my clients, we're able to connect to this part that knows everything about our past, future self, why we're here, what our life mission is. And so when we do this deep type of hypnotherapy and we make that connection, we can actually call that part of the subconscious mind forward to answer questions that the client has has given me as a therapist on what, what their life purpose is, whether it's about relationship, um, career, love, money. And they get all of this incredible, amazing advice from that deep part of the subconscious mind that resides, as I like to say, in the quantum realm. So it's not just a buzzword, because like, I know the quantum is a buzzword. I see it everywhere. <laughs> um, but this is truly, we are connecting in, in the quantum with ourselves. How did you come to this part of the practice? Hmm. Um, a little bit of backstory about that. I was working in the corporate world and in a position that I thought that I always wanted my whole life. But instead, I found myself drowning in corporate anxiety. I was in senior leadership. And Forbes, I was actually even being bullied. And it's hard to say, but bullying goes on in the workplace. I had senior leaders that would laugh at me in meetings and make snarky comments and try to sabotage all of my projects. And Ooh. it was impacting my confidence. It was impacting me so much that I would spend my weekends in bed crying uh, because I didn't want to go to work. And one night I was scrolling on YouTube before bed and I saw a video of Dolores Cannon and I stopped scrolling because she was talking about her clients and the stories that had come up and the transformation that had happened and how she had connected with this deep part of the subconscious mind that knows everything. And I remember thinking, I don't think this is my life purpose. Why am I so unhappy if I'm living my purpose? And I decided to look for a therapist. And I went for a quantum hypnotherapy session. And in the session, my subconscious mind actually spoke to me. And it told me that one of the reasons I was so unhappy throughout my career is because I wasn't living my purpose. I wasn't aligned. And it told me that I was to become a practitioner and it also told me that I was going to inspire millions through my podcast. And I didn't believe it at the time. This was actually in 2017. Wow. Well, yeah. you know, gonna, I would love to be a guest on your podcast. I have a whole other side of me that I never share on this show that directly aligns with how I got into hypnosis and mm -hmm. all the uh, breakthrough type training and how I view the brain. And I won't go into it today, but as my students are all watching on Facebook, I've got Teresa and Brigida and Margaret just going, yes, we're timeless. We're multidimensional beings. We love this. Then how do you feel about that? And do you use hypnosis at all in your therapy? I, I don't really use hypnosis. I use can't use it if you can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't use it if I can't say it. You're right, <laughs> but I I will use aspects of NLP and you know I I am very heavily focused on the subconscious mind. So maybe I'm doing a part of it without actually knowing it. I I truly do understand and believe the value of it. I see it. It's super important because all change in people takes place within the subconscious and. 
I've come to find a lot of the reason modern therapy fails people is because we're just sitting there in the conscious. Like, so what if you know what your problems are and you have all this great awareness? What do you do? No, no, but how do you feel about it? Tell me how you feel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's my my question is I'm looking at the three of us going, we, we could sit here and we could geek out on subconscious training and accessing all of that. And why does the rest of the world not get it? What's going on? Why do we know something? And it's really practical and useful. Jennifer, why don't you start? You know, I would say, because it's not time yet for those people. Um, sometimes I have people who come to me and they're curious about a session, but they tell me I can't be hypnotized. So it's like a part of them that wants to do the work, but then they're blocked. And right. so if you've created this narrative or you've created the story that it doesn't work or it's BS, I think it's not your time yet to do that type of work. Something needs to happen or you need to come to a certain point in your life where you're ready to show up and you're ready to make you know massive change and you're ready to transition. You do need to be open minded for just any therapy to work. You have to be you know, willing to do the work to show up and to receive you know, the healing and the transformation. It's interesting. Then what do you think? Well, I love that. And I will add, I think a lot of the reason that it's not more mainstream is because it's not a viable business model. You know, it is having a subscription of pills that you're supposed to take, which provides jobs for a certain set of people go in every single week and talk about the same thing, which provides a steady stream of income and a 15 year commitment with zero change so that you believe that's the process. I've always come to understand that When something is curable, there's no more business model or money around it. And so I know a lot of different modalities of psychotherapy, and I know the most effective ones aren't mainstream. And I believe that there's a lot in there as to if we're fixing people's minds and they don't need it, what happens to the business? There's more people to fix. It's not like there's a limited number of people. Can we just say that? But I know exactly what you're saying, and it makes me sad. But I, I love the fact that I'm of like-minded people here. It's unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah. So Jennifer, what's one of your hopes for the world? Hmm. One of my hopes for the world is for you know, people to step into their life purpose. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who they're not living their purpose or they're not doing what makes them happy, whether it's because of fear or because they have this narrative that they have to get up and go to work every day to pay the bills. And even though they're not happy, they're scared to make the change. I would really love to see more people take the leap and step into fulfilling uh, roles in their life. I love that, Vin. I would like to see more people step into pain. (laughs) It doesn't say it's not as bad as it sounds. Hold on. I understand and I've come to an understanding in life that pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. And we, we create our own suffering by avoiding the pain that we need to experience because pain is your potential. It is your push to expand beyond your capacity. And to, to Jennifer's point, I believe most people aren't reaching their potentials because they're so afraid of the pain that and the adversity that it's going to take. When a caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly, the pain that it might experience by its body liquefying and melting down, I cannot understand or imagine. However, through that painful deterioration of the self comes the most beautiful version therein. 
I'm still kind of stuck on the fact that the butter, the caterpillar is melting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you're in, you're in first grade that there's the chrysalis and the butterfly, but he's melting in the inside. I'm <laughs> <laughs> talking about craziness. All right. So let's talk about something to so see if we can help some people out there. The three of us collectively have had a variety of, shall we say, technically crappy beginnings. Yeah. obstacles in childhood. Uh, let's share a little bit of them because I'm looking at three very successful people who figured it out because it didn't start out so good. So if that's you, I want you to sit up and take notice that we didn't start out with a silver spoon in our mouth and life is perfect. Jennifer, you start. Yeah. Neil Forbes trauma is often the catalyst for us stepping into purpose. Um, growing up, it definitely was not a walk in the park for me. Um, both of my parents early on struggled with substance abuse and, uh, some of my core memories, my earliest memories are being around substance abuse, um, going to drug houses with my mom. And as I got older, my mom actually even developed schizophrenia. She was a single parent raising me. And so being 10 or 11 years old and realizing that the person who's raising you, they're living in a very different reality than what's really happening. It was it was it was scary for me. Um, it was very scary. And then I had a stepmom who had a clinical depression. And so my life was just like a, you know, a tornado is like a whirlwind of challenge, but I did not let that define me. And, you know, starting into the corporate world, I was so eager and ambitious to make a name for myself and climb the corporate ladder. I actually went all the way up into senior leadership with just um, a GED, actually, because I wasn't able to go to college for certain reasons. And I thought that, you know, I would have all this happiness. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't, I was drowning in anxiety and it wasn't until I made a change and I decided to go for the hypnosis session. And I found out my life purpose and I actually stepped into that, that everything started to align for me. And now I use my experiences and I share my story so that I can help other people transition and change. Well, let's go back for a quick second. Cause you know, we all talk about entrepreneurialism and it's not always that easy to jump off the cliff and do it on your own. Go back to the corporate world for a second. I'd love some insight for women, women in particular who want to stay. Was it challenging being young and beautiful in that environment? Yes and no. I feel like people didn't take me seriously. Um, and sometimes I felt like I wasn't heard. They just, because. I hear, no, I hear this all the time. And then I adore you, but you may not quite relate to the fact I've got a 21 year old daughter who is the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. And that's all I hear from her is that mom, no one ever takes me seriously. And I'm not quite sure what, what the answer is that. Do you have any suggestion for women in that arena who want to climb up, who are serious about and want to be taken seriously It's a substantial position. And it's not just about being a girl. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think that it, self-belief, believing in yourself and supporting yourself. And that's going to come through in your confidence and your voice is going to shine. And I think that as long as you don't allow that to impact you and you really work on mindset, a lot of it is mindset. I struggle every day in the boardroom. Now, you know, snarky comments and people rolling their eyes at me. It, it was not easy, but I didn't let it impact me. I, I just kept persevering and going through and working on my mindset and meditating and implementing some techniques and strategies. And I told myself that I'm strong. I can do this. I believe in myself. And it started to change for me. It really did start to change for me be before I decided to pursue the work that I do now. 
Fascinating. Ben, um, so you've never experienced that kind of, now do you, did you say you have a daughter? I do. How old is she? She's going to be two next month. Oh, you got an interesting, challenging road. Given what you've seen about men and women in the workplace, I spent, you know, there's, I remember when my, when my brother-in-law was working in the firehouse and women wanted to be firemen and certainly women can be firemen and it does not, not fireman, fire person. But I also know that if somebody's going to carry you out of a burning building that I'd rather a six foot four guy do it is that's a prejudice of mine than a five foot beautiful woman who may not be quite as strong. And this is probably controversial, but what's your thought on that women in the, in the workplace and firemen? You know, it's interesting. I I've also coached women that are in the corporate environments. And a lot of the concerns is that they're going to be seen as bitchy or nasty or whatever the case is. However, one of the things that I usually encourage and coach on that, and almost to Jennifer's point of like being yourself, is that that's almost necessary because a guy needs to be put in his place if he's not recognizing your authority. And worrying less about that judgment is always super powerful, not only for the person who's doing it, like for the woman to just feel that empowerment of like, yes, I am a leader, I am to be taken seriously. And then when we look at the, you know, the blue collar industry or the, the service industry, like firefighting, I believe that there's also a very different way kind of to, to Forbes example of, I would rather a six foot guy come grab me. I've worked alongside some of these women. Some of them I would rather have next to me than a guy because they work harder. They were more determined. They were stronger. Some of them I don't think should have been there because the concern was it's very scary because I know you're not qualified and somebody might get hurt or die because you are incapable of doing this. So I look at it as if you've earned your right because you are that strong powerhouse and you have shown that you are capable, I would love to see you next to me in whatever it is. I just, it's fascinating to me that I, I still, I, because I, I coach women as well at that level. And I said, you know, it's a funny thing, especially if you are considered beautiful, there's a level of beauty that older men in a boardroom look at as a secretary, their daughter, their wife, their second wife their girlfriend, their mistress, and it's challenging. And I don't know yeah. if that ever changes because it's biology. It's, you know, mm -hmm. as involved as we want to get, no matter how buttoned up that you can be, you're not going to, you know, it's just, it's an interesting conversation. Um, Jennifer, any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it, it really is an interesting conversation. And uh, to your point, Forbes, I think it's, a lot of it is biology. Uh, no matter how buttoned up that we, that we can be, they're always going to look at us. And Vin, you actually is kind of chuckling because you made a point about how when women speak up that we're often labeled as bitches. And that recently happened to me with our gardener. He was not showing up to service the house and he was lying and saying that he was and not realizing we have cameras. I, I, I see that you didn't come. And so when I called him out on it, like he actually called me a, a bitch for standing up and saying like, hey, you're not showing up and you're not doing the work. And I just think that that's, you know, interesting. Like when something's not right and a woman speaks up, we automatically have that label. And like, wh why is that? So it's interesting that you brought that point up. <laughs> you're on mute, Forbes. Forbes, you're on mute. Forbes, you're on mute. I was going to say, I just realized that we needed to take a break. I love this topic so much. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, we've run over. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're going to solve the rest of the problems of the world, femininity, masculinity, and, and anything else that's on the decade. All right, you guys, you're listening to Forbes Factor. Don't go away. <laughs> Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. 
If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now, back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. It is, in fact, Forbes Riley, and I just, I love doing the show. I love uncovering conversations, meeting new people, digging into lives, and we're just sitting and talking on the break about how each of us got to this level, and like I said, we've all gone through some very serious challenges. Uh, Vin, did you have a mentor along the way? I've had so many mentors I've had, I've had so many people that I've looked up to. My dad was one of my biggest mentors because he's a psychotherapist and he's always poured a lot of great advice into me. And one thing I heard a while ago is that anyone who you're willing to learn from, even if they're not personally one-to-one mentoring you is still somewhat of a mentor. I've looked at Tony Robbins as a massive mentor. He's, he's the whole reason I quit being a traditional therapist because I felt like he was breaking through and helping people in a way that I can only dream of. And so that inspired me to quit my traditional therapy route, build something new, become someone else. And I mean, there, there've been so many amazing people that I've been blessed to learn from. I love that. Ms. Jennifer, a role model. Dolores Cannon. Absolutely. Undoubtedly. Um, she changed my life. That one YouTube video, um, may she rest in peace, but She's definitely was a mentor of mine for sure. And honestly, it may sound weird, but my own intuition, my intuition guides me and it's never wrong. I follow it <laughs> and I consider it almost as a mentor is where I'm supposed to go on my next uh, path in life. And by the way, so for those of you watching, I concluded not long ago on a podcast while live that many of my mentors were fictional characters that I'd never met uh, or could never meet because some actor played them in a movie and there were life and seriously, I, I grew up watching, you know, we talk about not being very popular. I think that's kind of a theme here growing up or growing up, definitely feeling like an outsider. And my friends were characters in movies and television. 
sometimes books, but I visually wanted to go places. I wanted to be James Bond. I'm mean, that's a crazy mentor, but I think about all the things I experienced in my life because of a fictional character. So, mm. you know, very untraditional. Jennifer, when you look at Vin, and I know you've met him before, what's a question that you would ask him? And, you know, I'm curious about with the work that you do, it's very similar, you know, to my style of work as well. What is one thing, a theme that you see your clients you know, struggling with uh, to overcome, like a common theme? I think the most common theme that I've seen in, in people in my time doing this work is that people love to continue to be who they've been and mm-hmm. say that they want to be somebody else. It's a consistent theme thing where people are like, no, I want to become this. And it's like, okay, so get rid of this person or get rid of this narrative or get rid of this role that you're in or change this emotion or this thought. And it's almost impossible. It's like, no, no, I can't, I can't do that. It's like, well, I thought you want to become this person. It's like, I do, but I want to keep doing this too. And people are having this trouble of divorcing their past and marrying their unlimited potential. I think Mm -hmm. Tony mentioned that's, I love the way you put that though. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Ben, conclude something you want to ask to Miss Jennifer. Okay. So I actually had been thinking about this. <laughs> so I am super curious about what you have found in your work that I, I've come to understand hypnotherapy as mm. there's something that you're going to do with this person and it's going to be a very deep dive. And what you're doing is you're helping them take this key and unlock a door that they've never had the key for. Like through your work, you help them find that key. Has there been something that you've seen or something that's been amazing to help create breakthroughs and give people that key to their door? Absolutely. And I would like to say that I, as a practitioner with the quantum hypnosis, I'm not really doing a lot of it because what I'm doing is I'm connecting them to the part inside of themselves and their subconscious is taking them on the journey. I'm on the sidelines engaging and talking to the subconscious mind, but their subconscious mind will bring them to the place and time uh, or a situation or a past memory, whatever needs to come up, it knows what they need to overcome in their life. Oftentimes, it can be a suppressed memory that they don't even know is impacting them from moving forward. Um, for example, I had a client recently who came to me, was in show business here in Las Vegas, and was feeling really blocked and had a, a big TV show that they were going to be on. And when we did the hypnosis, the subconscious mind actually brought them to their childhood home where they repeatedly yelled at and told to shut up and that they couldn't speak, and that they weren't allowed to speak. And she had forgotten about that. And so when we went there, she the subconscious brought forward that younger version of her. And I said, what do you want to say to her? And she said, come with me, come with me. And she took that part of herself back. And then as they exited the house, I said, what do you want to do now? And it's so weird. They always want to burn the house. Um, <laughs> they always want to burn the house. And I, I remember when I asked that, I was like, I don't even know why I asked that. I already know the answer. And she's like, I'm going to burn this house. And she burned the house down. But that is what she needed to release was that, uh, was that memory she needed to face that and and then to get through the block that she was facing and she was successful she went on the show and everything was great i love that um jennifer it's 2024 as we're, it is for you too vin just so you know uh as we're moving into this new year we picked a word but what do you see happening for you the world something you want to share jennifer go first then vin you'll follow up with that 
You know, for me, I'm just really about inspiring massive change. As I mentioned before, I'm going to grow my podcast globally. I'm in the top 10% in less than a year. So I'm going to continue focusing on my podcast and having incredible and inspiring guests out there who also want to share their message with the world as well. Let's say that that's definitely um, my main focus this year and just taking action putting together a couple of new programs and things that I'm working on and just taking action on those things to help people. How do people find you? Uh, people can find me on my Instagram, which is I am Jennifer Mitchell. And my website is the soul experiences. And that is plural, the soul experiences.com. Nice. Mr. Vin over to you 2024. All right. 2024, as I said, is the year of alignment. I believe one of the biggest things that comes with the word alignment that sticks out to me is another word named community. And so for me in 2024, what I'm looking to do this year is I'm really looking to build a community, both in my business, both in my personal life. I want that to extend because I think the world needs more connection. And especially with everything becoming AI, robot this, generated that. I mean, there's people out there right now doing full videos and it's not even them. It's, it's AI generating a face and a voice and a, and a script. We need connection community. And so for the world, I want to start bringing more of that. I want to show up creating that. And one thing that I would like to challenge people to do, uh, study stoicism. I'm a big stoic. I'm a fan of stoicism. I use it in my coaching. And one of the quotes that has helped change my life is from Marcus Aurelius, where he says, be strict with yourself and tolerant of others. If you're somebody who is like me, who has very high expectations for themselves, you might also be putting it on those people around you that you care about, which is creating distance, disconnection, disease, and dissonance. So now what you want to do is start figuring out how can you be strict with yourself, tolerant of others, and expand your love. Wow, I didn't expect that to come from you. How does your dad feel about all that you're doing? My dad is extremely proud of me. And I am very happy to say that because my dad was the typical older Italian guy who just worked three jobs, supported his family, had a very interesting, rough upbringing and didn't really know how to express himself. So more recently, I guess, because my dad's in his 70s now, he's able to kind of slow down in life. And I remember one time we were just hanging out in in the backyard and he was just like, I'm really proud of the man you've become and all that you've done. And then I wanted to cry because like, what the, you know, who, who just does that, man? But <laughs> he, both of my parents are very proud of me. Well, I imagine they would be. And Jennifer, are you in contact with your parents? My dad, yes. My dad actually lives in China, but I am in contact with him. I get to go travel Asia every year and see him. So, but not, not my mom. It's been actually 24 years. Wow. And you know, that's so what, what gift would you give to people who I don't talk to my sister? Uh, which is as, as healthy as I am conscious and subconscious alignment and break through all the things that I've ever done. You cannot change other people. Is that true or false, Vin? You, that is true. You cannot change anyone. Mm-hmm. And as a coach and a therapist who's been wanting to help so many people, that was a hard pill to swallow at first because as a young therapist, I was like, I'm going to change the world. And then what I've come to realize in my current standing is that I do not create change, what I do is I facilitate space for change to occur. What you do within that space is entirely up to you. I can, however, be there along this process. I love that. Um, The biggest obstacle for people to become happy, Jennifer, in your estimation is what? 
fear. I think that they're scared of over of stepping into their purpose. I mean, everyone has their magic, but it's a matter of overcoming that fear and taking the first step. Absolutely agree. Ben? I, I would say it's it's in addition to the fear, it's not embracing love. You're mm-hmm. either embracing love or you're rejecting it. And I think that people act out of fear or anger or anything else because of the fact that they are struggling to truly embrace what love is, which is supposed to be unconditional, supportive. It's supposed to be caring. It's supposed to look at your neighbor and see how you could support them, even if you don't know them. And people are just a lot less open than they used to be. So I think we need people in this world to start opening up more. Jennifer, the word love, how does it affect you? It makes me feel warm inside. You know, it's something that we all want. And I think as humans, it's what we strive for. And when I hear that word, I, I feel happy. Yeah, it just made me smile. I was like, Vin, you're quite quite sensitive. Do you go back to your firehouse at all and talk to the guys? Um, no, we're we're not in touch anymore. Uh, we don't we don't keep connected. I was a part of your life. I get it. Well, I'm going to take guys. We are two minutes to the end of the show. Uh, each of you get 30 seconds, whatever it is that you want to say. Jennifer, go first. Absolutely. Um, you know, don't be afraid to follow your life purpose, to take the first step. It's all about baby steps. And if you're being guided intuitively to, to do something, then do it. Go for it. I love that. Vin, 30 seconds to you. One of my favorite things that I've come to learn in this world, I've had, I've had a few things, but this one's probably my favorite, is that greatness isn't achieved, it's displayed. You all have untapped, unlimited potential within you. And you can't go out of the store, you can't buy your greatness, you can't find it anywhere with externally. It has to be shown through this internal effort to become the best version of yourself every day. And it doesn't mean be hard on yourself, it just means see how you can step into the best fullest version of you and show your greatness, show your potential to the world. What a very blessed show. You know, guys, I don't know if you get to go around a second time, but if you live your life right the first time, once will be enough. And so that is proved and beautiful with, with uh, Jennifer Mitchell and Vin Infante. Thank you both very much for being part of my show today. You guys, if you're listening, we're here every week at the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. I got a really substantial dose of all three of them. Job well done. Until next time. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.